Dark Muse. Great story, great plot. A fabulous book, says Leo Grunstein. A poignant new thriller, five stars, writes Revy Levkovich. Dark Muse is a gripping tale dripping with flavor. Philip Mann's debut novel is available now on Amazon.ca. Get yours today. Dark Muse by Philip Mann. This episode is brought to you by the Strip and Shake Podcast. If wellness and self-betterment is your thing, then tune in and listen as Christine Louise talks all things health, mental, emotional, spiritual, and of course, physical. With an army of integrated doctors and nutritionists at her fingertips, let her guide you through stories of experience and empirical-based evidence towards a life of vitality. The Strip and Shake Podcast, available on Anchor, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and more. Check out the Strip and Shake Podcast today. Let's get healthy. Welcome to A Medic's Mind, the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, hope you're all doing well. I uh, I apologize about a bit of a delay in podcast episodes, but uh, I had some company in town for my birthday. I have become another year older. Jeez. Oh, I am throwing stones at 40 now. So that is fun for me. I'm not sure how it happened, to be honest. You know, last time I looked... And last time I remembered, you know, I was still like 13 years old, masturbating feverishly in front of my TV, watching Baywatch. Now you know that information. That's out there. That can't be changed. That can't be taken back. (laughs) Oh, man, instantly regrettable. But, you know, I'm going to put it out there anyway. Um, Things are things are progressing. Um, I am. I'm getting by. I have my moments still um, where sadness kind of creeps in. Um, I find that I battle a a little bit because I I go from moments where I start to feel somewhat uh, normal, you know, kind of just going through my day, traipsing about my daily routine, and then I'm laughing at something, I'm having a, a good jovial moment about something, and then I get hit with a crippling sense of sadness because I'm like, oh, that's right, my sister is gone. And then, uh, and then it becomes almost, I almost feel guilty for, for having the moment. Now I understand conceptually, I understand the logic side of things that you're allowed to continue living your life. I get that. But, um, I mean, it's barely, uh, it's, it's not even been a full, a full month yet, you know? And, uh, 
it's so it comes in waves. It really does come in waves. And um, that's one reason why I'm really happy I get to share what I do today. So on this episode, uh, I get to share a radio interview that myself and my publisher, uh, Heather of Winter Tickle Press, uh, went on on a local radio station here. We had an interview and uh, I get to do something at the end of that radio interview that is pretty important and and, and was pretty important to me to do. Um, because this interview was a, a, a few short days after my sister's passing. And so it was, uh, it, it was nice to keep busy. It was nice to be busy. Um, but it was, it was a heavy day because on that day I had therapy and then I went straight from therapy to the, uh, radio interview and it was, uh, it was a thing. It was tough. And, uh, but the interviewer, Jaya Mutu of Saga 960, is a wonderful interviewer. I can't say enough uh, good things about about her and her etiquette and the way she conducted herself and the cadence in which she spoke um, and asked and asked questions. Uh, there were very very uh, intellectual questions. There were very very uh, meaningful questions, and so I, I found myself uh, settling into a sort of cushion of comfortability the longer I sat in that room and talked with her and had Heather by my side and. Overall, the, the experience of being in that place was very positive, albeit the backdrop was very traumatic and sad. And I find that that's typically how my days have been uh, progressing. Uh, you know, you get some normative moments followed by some sad moments. I was uh, pleasantly gifted uh, a wonderful, wonderful message to, uh, you know, this, this week. Um so I, I don't know if I've, I've told you, but I, I signed up to be a, a book narrator on ACX, which is Amazon's platform for audiobooks. And I've had a wonderful reception on there so far. I've had a few opportunities, a few people asking me for, uh, you know, narrations. I've even applied to a couple. And this was prior to my sister's passing, but I applied to one. And, um, you know, the, uh, the author of that book was very... Um, you know, very, very kind and uh, wanted to work with me and has been very patient uh, with, you know, with what's, with what's been going on. And, uh, you know, I can't, I honestly can't say enough good things. So for me personally, it's, uh, it's, it's just been great. Um, so I, I, I have to really give uh, a huge, a huge, um, you know, shout out of, of gratitude uh, for, for that message. I'm going to give you a little bit um, of of what of what that's about here in just a moment. I'm just kind of scrolling through to see if I can find because I'd like to plug his book as well, um, just because I, I, you know it's it's an incredible kindness that he showed me, and I feel like uh, this would be just the right thing to do. So I, I signed up for this uh, this site, the ACX, and um, you know was on there, and I, I had applied for, uh, for that job, um, of narrating this individual's book. And, uh, it is, uh, called of wolves and sheep, um, of wolves and sheep. And it's uh, going to be a, a trilogy. Um, and this individual has offered me, uh, you know, the opportunity to narrate, uh, at least one of his books. And, uh, anyway, um, I had messaged him a while back saying, listen, uh, I just don't think I can do this right now. You know, I'm not really in a good headspace. Things are a little rough for me. I'm, I'm really sorry. You know, I don't want to waste your time and I appreciate your patience. So I kind of uh, just told him I don't think I can do it because I expected that this guy 
um, this, this author really wanted to kind of get this this thing moving, which is completely understandable. And so I, I just felt like I wasn't in a good place to do it. Um, yesterday, I received an email from from this author, just a random email. It says, uh, just doing a quick drop in. So I open up the message and I start reading it. And he's literally just checking up on me saying, hey, um, you know, I know things were a bit rough for you. Um, you know, I, I can't imagine kind of what you're going through. Uh, I've been through some dark times myself. And I, I just kind of wanted to, uh, above anything else, reach out to you and see how you're doing. And um, that really that really leveled me um, in, a, in a very warm way. Because this this guy, I mean, we don't know each other. Uh, the only thing he really knows of me is is just the the little brief voice that he has of me reading a, a bit of his work, and and then uh, and then just kind of the brief confabulations we've had back and forth via email. And he saw fit to to reach out um, during his his day and just see how I'm doing. And so, uh, Scott, if you're out there, man, if you do end up hearing this somehow. Um, I want to tell you that that means uh, a whole lot to me. I can't really put into words how much it means to me, but it means a great deal. And um, and it kind of ties into to what this interview is all about. This interview kind of talks about you know Brainstorm Revolution, which is a, a book about a collective mental health uh, anthology of, of different stories, different backgrounds, and and it also talks about the cohesiveness and the community that spawned from that, spawned from talking, and spawned from checking in on one another. And, uh, and that's exactly what this beautiful human being did for me. He just randomly checked in on me. So that means the absolute world to me. And uh, I, I couldn't be more grateful for it and humbled by it. So thank you, Scott, so very much. Again, if you go to Amazon, you type in of wolves and sheep, of wolves and sheep, uh, you can check out uh, that book. It is available, uh, not the audio version, but the um, the written uh, version is available right now. Uh, I highly suggest you go over. The prose is very, very good. It's very well written. Um, the uh, the main character um, is is uh, is somebody easily relatable to um, or easy to relate to, and uh, just the right it flows. The writing flows, and it keeps you kind of in uh, in suspense. You kind of want to know what happens next. Um, it's it, it's a very, very, very good good story. So please. Do yourselves a favor, go check that out and uh, and and leave a review if you can. Speaking of reviews, uh, A Medic's Mind, my book, A Medic's Mind was on the best sellers list for Canadian biographies. Not a subcategory, not a, you know, uh, military, you know, subcategory of bi- Canadian biographies in general throughout the entire country of Canada. I was on the top best sellers list, number 37 out of 100 top 100 number 37 that is uh, that is mind blowing to me uh so obviously that goes out to you guys because you're the ones giving me this kind of success so i want to say thank you so much from the bottom of my fragmented bruised and wounded heart thank you thank you thank you it means so much to me i cannot express enough gratitude thank you the reviews really help bolster my rankings uh, and I've had some brilliant reviews written on both Goodreads and on Amazon. Uh, th- guys, honestly, thank you. Uh, specifically, one review written recently by a name by the, by a guy named Philip Man Montreal. Uh, did that guy, he and I have struck up a bit of a friendship via um, an online platform, Canada Writes. It's a Facebook group, um, and. Uh, 
we struck a bit of a, a friendship because I think we're we're both uh, characters. I think um, we kind of sometimes we say things to people that uh, are either taken uh, the wrong way or it's just it just ruffles feathers a little bit. And it's, uh, you know, we're strong in our opinions. And uh, that's why his review meant so much to me, though, because he is so strong in his opinions, because he is so upfront and blunt and honest with what he has to say and what he wants to say. So the fact that he gave me a glowing review uh, truly sits really, really high up in 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 the in the category of glee for me. So, uh, Philip, if you happen to hear this, man, thank you so much for that. I sincerely appreciate it. It means a lot to me. Uh, Philip also has a book out on Amazon. And uh, I think I've decided what I'm going to do because I don't have an official sponsor for the podcast. Uh, so I think what I'm going to do, since I have this untapped resource of Canada Rights, I think what I'm going to do from now on is when I read a book off of Canada Rights uh, that I really enjoy, I think that at the beginning of the podcast, I'm going to promote that book in place of a sponsorship. You know, instead of saying this is sponsored by, I'm just going to kind of give a shout out to that book, Canadian uh, authors, and kind of push that a little bit because I think Canadian literary uh, you know, promulgation is is the right way to go. And uh, so I'm, I'm going to start doing that at the beginning of my podcasts, uh, promoting a book that I've read off of that uh, Canada Rights site. And, uh, and I'm going to start here with Philip Mann's The Dark Muse. The Dark Muse. If you go to Amazon and you type that in, it's there. Um, yeah, it's a self-published uh, book that's uh, that's out on Amazon right now. I personally really like Philip's uh, writing style. I think, uh, you know, it's it's a very unique style. It's something that really uh, resonates with a certain audience, and uh, and it's fun. It's fun. It's it's uh, the way he writes is fun. The way I interact with Philip is fun, um, and the way I see him interact on the on the site is fun. So, uh, yeah, definitely head over there and check that out. And uh, finally, I just want to say thank you to everybody for being so kind so empathic and so compassionate to me over these past few weeks. They have been um, just immeasurably difficult and indescribably painful. But, you know, your your kindness has been something that is truly, truly just, you know, overpoweringly awesome. And, uh, and I can't thank you enough. So uh, thank you guys for that. And, uh, you know, it, it, it yeah, means the absolute world to me. It really does. And now that I'm a year older, I, uh, I'm going to assume and pretend that I'm a year wiser. So, you know, maybe I'll drop little nuggets of wisdom here and there. I don't, you know, I personally, I wouldn't fucking listen to me. <laughs> anyway, guys, I'm going to play this interview here, uh, from Saga 960. That's the local radio station here in Mississauga, Ontario. And the interviewer, Jaya Mutu, she's going to have her own show coming out on that platform fairly soon. So I will keep you posted on that too. As I said, she is a wonderfully articulate interviewer and uh, and a great presence to be around during the interview process. So without further ado, here is the interview of both Heather of Winterdickle Press and myself of A Medic's Mind on Saga 960. Stream us live on Saga960AM.ca. Welcome to Peel Matters, a radio show and the voice of 1.5 million people here in Peel. We'll talk about issues and matters and everything related to Peel. 
Welcome to Peel Matters on News Talk Saga AM 960. I am your guest host today, Jaya Mutu. Uh, today we are talking to Heather Down and Michael Hennigan. Uh, Matthew. Matthew. Sorry, what did I say, Michael? Yeah. I'm awful with names. It's okay. Anybody who listens know I suck at names. Okay. Matthew Hennigan. Yes, ma'am. Did I say the last name right, at least? Yeah, you killed okay. it. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So, Heather is here. She is from the Canadian publishing company called Winter Tinkle? Close. Winter Tickle. Winter Tickle. That was close. Yeah. Press. Close. And uh, you also host a podcast as well called After the Book Ends? Yes, that's right. Awesome. I've heard a lot of these um, conversations in the last week about shows that talk about things after the fact. So TV shows that talk about... Um, you know, programs that are happening on TV and, and you know, series and that kind of thing. And then they have these after talks. So I thought that that was really interesting. And Matthew, you wrote a book about mental health and called uh, uh, Medic's Mind, right? And you're from Mississauga as well. Oh, yes, ma'am. Awesome. Please don't call me ma'am. I feel Sorry, so old. Sorry, it's forced to <laughs> I, I mean, nothing but respect. He's so you. polite. That's so nice. So we're going to start off. So tonight we're going we're to be talking about more um, about the mental health and um, the things that are happening in community around mental health and the reason why you wrote the book. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, Bell Let's Talk Day as well and how, Heather, how you started the publishing company to start off with. So why don't we talk about that a little bit? So how did you come to creating a publishing company? And tell me more about that publishing company itself. Sounds good. Um, so originally, I was actually a school teacher in a former life. Nice. Um, I taught for 15 years. And at some point, uh, I started writing professionally for magazines. And uh, it seemed to me that we were having a crisis in Ontario at that time. This is many years ago. This is before the year 2000. Um, so we we had been given a new curriculum, and we had to write report cards for this curriculum, but we hadn't received it yet. So a lot of teachers were reinventing themselves independently, so I thought of the idea of having a hub where we could share resources, which grew into a publishing company. And then in 2012, I hooked up with a Canadian actor by the name of Neil Crone. He was on the show Little Mosque on the Prairie, okay. and he uh, does a lot of, lot of stuff with Canadian television, and I published his works. And that kind of pushed us into the general trade market as opposed to education. Very and nice. then... Um, um, afterwards, uh, we kind of went to the area of mental health in the last five years, lived experience mental health memoirs. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's really important in this day and age, especially like there's so many more conversations that are happening around mental health. And I find that more people are looking for resources and personal stories about experiences in their own community and where people who are similar to them um, in real life and their real life stories versus what they're seeing on TV or what they're seeing in movies. They're looking for more tangible, um, almost like self-help situations. I would totally agree. And what we focus on isn't something that is preachy. We just like to share stories. It all really started with someone by the name of Natalie Harris. So she was a paramedic. Uh, she started her career actually in Peel, but she retired from Simcoe County, um, suffered from severe PTSD, and uh, wrote this memoir called Save My Life school. Mm -hmm. And it, it was an interesting journey with addiction and 
and with PTSD. And that kind of grew from there. And she did a lot of work with changing legislation in the province and actually in Canada. I was lucky enough to accompany her to to the Hill when she testified in front of the standing committee, the health standing committee for Bill C-211, which is a a framework for our country for mm-hmm. PTSD. So even though it started as a story, mm-hmm. it grew from community to the nation. Um, so it's amazing what a small story can do on a big scale. Exactly. It really helps individuals to see beyond themselves. Um, the person that was talking before we were listening to the past show, um, they were talking a little bit about the impact that they've had in terms of their mental health and thinking that they were alone in what they were going through. Right. Um, They were going through some issues with body image and body image um, dysphoria, and they were looking for um, other people like them that were dealing with issues like that, but nobody wanted to talk about it. So they weren't talking about it, and it was difficult for them to get help and to get that support. Um, I had a great conversation with a girlfriend of mine yesterday, and we thought we were going through these things very individually. And then when we started talking to each other, we realized, well, no, it's the exact same thing that both of us are going through, but we don't talk about it. Right. So it's not one of those things that are forefront. I think books are wonderful in that respect and being able to get the message out um, to the community about what's going on and get those stories on paper or in print in some way yes. um, so that individuals can really get that information um, and use that to the best of their advantage. I think so. And then from Natalie's book, it grew into to an anthology. Mm. So um, we were able to gather from all sorts of people actually around the world. Mm -hmm. And we have 40 stories and it's called Brainstorm Revolution. And Matt, who's here today with us, uh, was a contributor to that particular anthology as well. But Michael Landsberg, so he's Mm -hmm. a sportscaster. He started Sick Not Weak, the online campaign. He's contributed a story in this book. Um, Deb McGrath, uh, she's married to Colin Mockery from Whose Line Is It Mm -hmm. Anyway? Mm-hmm. And she's a Canadian um, comedian and actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she contributed a story. And Stéphane Grenier, who is from the Ottawa area, he served in Rwanda. And he just became a member of the Order of Canada. He lent his words to this book as well. Nice. So we're very proud of the way that this encompasses a large number of people, but a large number of topics within the mental health realm. In, in this book, there, I have a copy of the book in my hands right now. We see that there's a variety of different ages, yes. of different cultures, um, different genders yes. as well, uh, which could really impact the way in which people are getting information as well, right? I think so. I think that we really um, tried to have a diversity of uh, authors and stories, as you were saying, because we want people not only to read something they can identify with, but maybe they like it so much that they read the story from someone that might not be someone that they would have normally identified mm-hmm, with. Mm-hmm. So therefore, it's a growing learning experience. Right. So, so which one's your favorite story? Oh, Matt's. Matt's story. Oh, good answer. <laughs> He's within arm's reach, so I, I have to. I have to play it safe. No, I really. I do, I do like Matt's story. It, yeah. It's well written. There's a lot of really beautifully written stories in there. It's hard to pick just one. I've contributed as well. Okay. Um, so it's hard to say which would be actually my favorite. But but off the off the net, I would say definitely Matt's. There's another one called Zero by a, a young lady by the name of Michelle Sertage, and it's really good too. 
too. Mm -hmm. And it's, again, about what you were talking about before, body image. Mm -hmm. If um, somebody, if the listeners out there right now and they're thinking, you know, that their writing is maybe part of their therapy, it's part of, uh, you know, their their therapeutic process. Right. and they want to publish. What do you recommend for them? Well, um, Matt could probably weigh in on this a little bit because this is basically Matt's story in that nice. therapeutically he put stuff out on the Internet. Very nice. Okay, so Matt, let's start with you. Sure. Um, and we'll get into why you wrote the book and how what your inspiration was for that. And then after the break, we'll get more into the book itself. Sure, yeah. So uh, writing for me all kind of happened um, – I guess uh, by way of, of survival. Um, so uh, I was suffering from post-traumatic stress uh, symptoms for uh, a number of years as well as alcoholism. And uh, uh, nightmares is a big um, invasive symptom of, of my uh, PTSD and uh, thusly sleep regulation is uh, uh to steal a term again, it's a nightmare. Mm-hmm. And so um, I would find myself awake very late or early into the mornings when, you know, when everything is quiet and everyone is, you know, nobody's around you. So you get pretty isolated and alone. Mm-hmm. And uh, I found that um, kind of writing some stuff down, you know, giving something a beginning, a middle and an end uh, helped alleviate some of the uh, the initial sting and, and pain of what I was feeling. Mm-hmm. And uh, I started just with a social media post. And I had some friends comment on it and say, first off, they were great. They checked to see if I was okay. Mm-hmm. But then they said, have you ever thought about writing a blog? And uh, I really hadn't at that point. Um, but then I started researching how to do it. And uh, I, I initially started just kind of putting my you know, my thoughts and feelings and opinions and stuff out in, into a blog. Mm-hmm. And uh, as, a, as a way of serendipity, I, I, you know, I happened to stumble across, uh, across Heather that way, too. So Nice. Nice. I, um, I actually started off in social work and in community development. And so we have a lot of individuals in that, that field that burn out very quickly and have a lot of PTSD as well because you're taking on other people's issues and you're seeing many scenes and circumstances that may not be the most desirable. <laughs> Let's put it mm-hmm. that way. Um, and then I went into event management and fundraising after that. So right now my industry is fundraising and event planning. Um, so it's a little bit of a flip of that industry. But in that, I've been in school for the last five years working on event planning and, and fundraising and I started talking with my classmates about um, you know like those dark times when you're in those dark times and you're having those dark thoughts and those dark feelings and how difficult it is sometimes to just get that light or to get that opportunity for somebody to take you out of that darkness and you're looking for that opportunity and that person and that thing that will help you and you know it's there but it's just a matter of finding it to get get you out of that spot in that moment um, and we talked a lot about it, you know, like that maybe there should be like a button that you can send out like that notice out to the community saying, you know what, I need a friend right now, or I need, I need more than a friend, I need medical attention, or I need more than that. Um, So that people understand what it is like when you're going through those dark periods of time. um, And having that really great circle of people around you that know when you're writing that post that, yeah, maybe it is a cry for help, or maybe it's just you expressing yourself, and what the difference between that is. Um, I I find writing very therapeutic myself, and I know a lot of other people who do as well. Um, but I think knowing those indicators is really necessary. So doing something like that, like a blog for me, I think is just brilliant um, to be able to showcase what you're going through and put your words to paper and then also get that um, feedback 
from other individuals who may be going through similar situations. Yeah, it was it was incredible. Uh, you know, I uh, I went through uh, in 2017. Um, our family went through a, a pretty big tragedy. Um, my mother died by way of suicide, and that was a big uh, portion of my writing for some time. And I had a police dispatcher from, I believe it was Nevada in the States, send me an email reaching out to me because uh, years previous, her husband had passed away by way of suicide. Mm -hmm. And uh, having that connection with somebody that I have never met, uh, don't know what they look like, but they felt so, um, I guess, uh, motivated to to reach out to me based on what they had read. Mm -hmm. And and that connection... um, unbeknownst to me at the time, uh, kind of helped me feel a little bit less alone, a little bit less isolated. Okay. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the book and what uh, what's in there and what people are looking for from the book. You're listening to Appeal Matters on News Talk Saga AM 960. We'll be right back. Stream us live at saga960am.ca. Welcome back. You're listening to Appeal Matters on News Talk Saga AM 960. I'm your guest host today, Jaya Mutu, and we are talking to Heather Down from Winter Tickle Press. You got yes, it. Yay. Okay. <laughs> and Matthew Hennigan, yes, yes uh, who wrote a book called uh, A Medic's Mind. So, Matthew, tell us more about this book and how it came to be. Sure. Yeah. So as I as I touched on briefly, uh, I started out by writing a blog and uh, and had that online, and uh, through kind of just the the world of um, of writing online, I came across um, somebody that we mentioned earlier, Natalie Harris, mm-hmm. uh, former paramedic, who had penned her own uh, kind of memoir, and so I had, I had picked up that book and read it. And uh, it had never entered my mind that uh, you know a paramedic had could sit and write something. I thought, you know, I felt pretty lost because I wasn't working as a paramedic at the time. I was, mm-hmm. um, I had kind of lost myself to alcohol and, uh, and, and some of the trauma. And, uh, you know, when I had connected with, with Natalie, Natalie had subsequently connected my work with, with Heather and then Heather circled back around and connected herself to me and, uh, had made mention of, of this anthology after reading some of my blog posts and, and said that, uh, she thinks I could contribute. Nice. And so uh, I kind of just started, uh, working on something for Brainstorm Revolution, the anthology and, uh, uh, went through that process. And um, and it was a bit of a process. It, it, was, it was. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Don't was, tell Fifth. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, and some people think that it's just a matter of you know writing something down on paper, and all of a sudden it becomes published, right? Yeah. And yeah. and Matt too. I I would say in the beginning anyway, his uh, his writing started out as fairly dark. Okay. Yeah, I was I was in a a really uh, rough place. I mean, I was in a dark place prior to my mom's, uh, my mom's death. And, and after that, um, it was, uh, uh, bleak beyond hope. You know, mm-hmm. you know, there was no light at the end of the tunnel for me. 
Um, and so my writing kind of reflected that introspection. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so it was very bad and, uh, not bad as in, no. but it was, it was bad for me because I, I wasn't really writing therapeutically. I was just writing mm-hmm. angrily and I was, um, which is therapeutically for you, uh, but it, not necessarily for a reader. Yeah. It, it right. ended up becoming that way. And, and the, the vision concept for, for the book, um, when I had submitted some stuff to Heather, uh, you know, there there really was no hope at the end of the. There was the no hope and, at the uh, end of the prose. Like, oh. and he writes like an angel. Like he's Picasso. If you read him his descriptions, he uses every sense. It's amazing. And yes. you've got this beautifully written piece. But you know, we're doing a, a book about hope, and that was kind of missing. So it was kind of a foreshadowing, though, wouldn't you say? Yeah. So I was challenged by by Heather to kind of maybe see if I could find some hope to. To end off the the prose that I had, that I had written, right? Okay. And uh, so I I had kind of circled back and talked about uh, the theme in my story is about the sun. I don't want to give too much away, but uh, at people the end, have to buy the book and read it. Exactly. Hundred yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to tell everybody how they could do that shortly. Sure. Yeah. So at the end, the sun kind of becomes uh, like a symbol of warmth and a symbol of rejuvenation and and almost a rebirth in a way, just because I looked at it in a totally different way. And if we fast forward a little bit, um, I touched on alcoholism. Well, I I had, I had finally made the decision to go into a trauma and addictions rehabilitation program. Um, and uh, Heather and I had kind of struck up a bit of a friendship mm-hmm. uh, via, you know, online confabulations at that point. Um, and while I was in uh, rehab, uh, Heather sent me a package a day for every single day that I was in there with just a little trinket or a note or a chocolate or something um, to remind me that somebody's thinking about me on the outside. That is amazing. I didn't send too many at once, though, because I, I didn't know if he'd stay. <laughs> right? I right? didn't know if I'd yeah. stay. Yeah. 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 I had no idea. And uh, on the last day that I was in there, I got my final package, and it was a writing contract for my own book. That is that's a story in and of itself. There are a lot of like sub stories in in Matt's wow. story for sure. In that's, his journey. That's brilliant and beautiful and I got chills and tingles and everything all at the same time. That was amazing. Yeah, so that's that's how that's how my, my book came to be. And then uh, I went through the process with Heather and it is an arduous task. Oh, to, wasn't uh, it fun? I, there's parts of it that, well, <laughs> try. Okay, so the thinking of dark times, <laughs> Heather's like, uh, do you have any funny stories? And I'm like, no, my life sucks. Everything's <laughs> terrible. And she's like, you have to have some fun stuff. And so she challenged me again. And so I had to rack my brain and go against my, my normative behavior of mm-hmm. kind of just being somewhat despondent and broody. And uh, I had to kind of find those those catalogs that are hidden away of some funny stories. And I was mm-hmm. able to relive those moments in, in writing them. And so there were parts of it that were fun. But it, it is it is a very challenging process for sure. Nice. Nice. Yeah, what a great relationship this has created too, right? This, this yeah, she's partnership. Okay. She's all right. Yeah, she's okay. I'm all right. She's yeah. okay. I, I love to get to know my authors and, and really they've all become friends. Uh, Natalie um, to uh, Neil, anyone that I work with I guess if if I don't feel that I can be friends with them I know I'm not going to be comfortable working with them because right. it is such a process right and oh. you're going through so many personal experiences mm-hmm. and as you're mentioning pulling stories out of situations and 
uh, not recreating the story, but um, organizing it. Organizing it. Yeah, it into a way that it's very readable. collaborative process. Organizing a book, at least in, in my company, it's very collaborative. Nice. I can't speak for everyone, and the fact that it is a memoir, it's personal, and there's mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's aspects where it can be quite intimate mm-hmm. because you're learning a lot about each other when you're doing it. Nice. Um, I had some questions about being a medic and how this came to be. I was actually reading a story just before coming about um, P- about police services. I worked with the police quite a bit before as well. Um, and police services doing their new program called Boots on the Ground, uh, which helps officers with dealing with some of the trauma that they face. And I find that police is, policing and emergency services is changing in that way, that there's... M- there seems to be, and I don't know if it's really penetrated the force and the brotherhood of of services yet, um, but it seems to be that there's more conversations happening about mental health. There's more conversations happening about um, the trauma that uh, emergency services people are really seeing uh, and, and at the forefront of, um, especially in the military as well. We're seeing more of that come to be, especially considering how many suicides are happening um, from by officers and by service people. Um, so it's interesting to me to see this change going from this, we are the strongest of the strong, we cannot show emotion, we cannot show that the things that we encounter impact us, to we are people this impacts us, this hurts us, we need to have help and we need to be supported by our employment, um, not just the community as a large, but as a part of our employment as well. What do you think about that? Well, I think if, uh, if, I, if I had the ability to say one thing to, to an audience about being a paramedic or being a first responder in general, a lot of times you hear people say, you knew what you were signing up for or that's what you signed up for. Mm-hmm. And the fact is, yes, it's true. We, we did know that. But at no point during the sign-up process do we sign away our humanity. Mm-hmm. So when you go to something that's heartbreaking, it's heartbreaking. But that could be the beginning of my shift. Mm-hmm. And I still have another 12 hours where I have to be on and respond. And so I think um, you're you're correct in that there is more of a conversation happening. I just think we need to get louder in that conversation because mm-hmm. there are still so many suicides happening. I lost a very dear friend in October, uh, one of the first paramedics I ever worked with, mm-hmm. to suicide. And uh, one of the most generous human beings you could ever meet. And I miss the guy uh, every single day. And uh, those conversations were still taking place. But, you know, I, I think there's still a lot of work to be done. Mm-hmm. But it is uplifting to see that at least at least there's something being talked about. At least there is some conversation happening. Mm-hmm. It's such a different um, conversation, right, than general public, I would think. Um, having worked with the police as well, knowing um, how the intricacy is around first responders and um the relationships that are built within the culture, the culture, the culture. And Matt, Matt too was in the military before he was a, a civilian paramedic. Okay. So you probably have kind of a beat on both cultures. Yeah, 
and just being able to be that person that can outreach and and look for help and get that help. I still I still think that there's a stigma around it, mm-hmm. and but I think we're on that cusp of people knowing that it's okay to see a therapist, it's okay to get help, it's okay to read a book about therapy, it's okay about you know researching the symptoms and the the issues that are at hand, um, and getting those therapeutic opportunities. Um, and I think that we're on the cusp of that change where we're just about to become that community where that's okay and that it's acceptable on an ongoing basis. Um, what was your feedback from the community and like from other paramedics and other individuals in the community about your book? So far, I've been absolutely leveled by um, so many kind words from people that work in the industry or have worked in the industry, uh, people that um, are firefighters or, you know, uh, police or even just uh, people that respect the the professions of being a first responder. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people um, reach out to me via social media and just send me a, a private message um, and indicate that something I wrote resonates with them or um, I had one individual um, tell me that... Um, it helped him become more descriptive when talking to his wife, and he thinks that that helped save his save his marriage. And mm. I cried like a baby when he told me that um, because that's a pretty uh, it's an insanely humbling thing to be told. Mm-hmm. But it it also made me feel like um, like I, I felt invisible for a long time outside of uniform. Mm-hmm. It's it's all I'd known since uh, since I was eighteen, and no longer being able to do that anymore, no longer being able to help people the way I want to, um, having the ability to still reach people in a different way. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, uh, I, I'm not sure that I would be able to ever describe what that feels like. Um, but it, it really, really is deeply gratifying. It really does resonate on a different level. You're basically putting words to the feelings that people have been having for years. And in their experiences, right? You've put those into words in your book. Mm-hmm. So we're going to take a quick break again. Um, and when we come back, we're going to talk about this book signing that you're having and the opportunity that people have to get in touch with you. So you're listening to Peel Matters on New Stock Saga, AM 960. We'll be right back. Missed part of the show or the whole show? Go to saga960am.ca to find the podcast. Welcome back. You're listening to Peel Matters on News Talk Saga AM 960. I am your guest host today, Jaya Mutu, and we are talking to Heather Down of Winter Tickle Press. I'm going to get it. Very good. You got it. And Matthew Hennigan, uh, author of A Paramedic's Mind. A Medic's Uh, Mind. a medic's mind. That yeah. was close. You're close. You're close. Right You're yeah. I'm going to get what, these names sooner or later. I don't it's know why I struggle with names. It's just this thing that I have. Um, it's just me, and I'm going to keep it mine. <laughs> um, so we're talking about like mental health and mental health services. Um, and basically, like writing a book about mental health from a paramedic's perspective. Um, and... A medic's perspective and how you were able to go through that process. So we talked a little bit about that. So now you've written this book and now what? What's going to happen now? 
I mean, a lot of stuff has already kind of taken place, but uh, I had my first book signing um, back when the book launched. Okay. In um, Peel. In Peel, yeah. yeah. Uh, at the Chapters Vega. Mm-hmm. Um, sold out. Yeah. He sold out. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. It was, awesome. uh, yeah. That was, uh, did not see that happening. Did not foresee that going down that way, but uh, people were incredibly kind and generous. So mm-hmm. it was really good. Um, I, uh, I've been asked to be a keynote speaker, um, for the CMHA. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, coming up in June. Very nice. Um, and I've had the opportunity, uh, thanks to Wintertickle Press and mm-hmm. the Brainstorm not for profit organization to do some guest speaking at, uh, different venues. And, uh, and yeah, I, uh, you went to BC too. I did. I went back to my hometown. Very nice. To do a book signing. And sold out there as well. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. Heather's your cheerleader. <laughs> Heather's <laughs> pretty amazing. Yeah. She's, she's she, pretty good. Yeah. That's yeah. really good. I love how she's so enthusiastic about everything <laughs> that you've accomplished. That's beautiful. Um, so, and you have another book signing that's coming up on the 25th of January. Yeah, we're pretty excited about that. Um, Matt will be there with a medic's mind. Uh, he just was long listed for the Miramichi Reader Award of very best book of the year for 2020, long listed. So wow. we're pretty excited about that because nice. Winter Tickle Press, the name is an Eastern name, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it, this, this person that runs this particular contest focuses a lot on Canadian literature. So mm-hmm. we're pretty excited about that. Uh, we'll have Brainstorm Revolution. The book will be there and also Save My Life School. So we're going to have a variety of authors and people. So it'd be a great chance for people to come on out to Chapters Vega. And we chose the date because it's close to Bell Let's Talk. Right. And that gives everyone that opportunity to to have something to talk about. Um, I use that op- that the Bell Let's Talk Day as a chance to message all my friends. And we have word-by-word conversations right. via text. Because <laughs> they donate for every, for every text. text. Yeah. So we, uh, and I have friends out in Vancouver that I text all the way to um, Nova Scotia. And we text right across Canada. And we word-by-word text. It's really entertaining, actually. Especially when the words don't come out right or the conversation gets all messed up. <laughs> but it's that opportunity. And on break, we were talking that... Um, I actually did my internship with the Canadian um, Mental Health Association, and I was shocked being a resident of Peel for over 20 years. Um, for me, knowing I didn't know about all the programs and services that they had available, um, and they're not far from where I live. And, they, and being in the social work field, I still didn't know about all the programs and services that they have and the trainings that they have available for people in the community. So they have trainings like the ASSIST program um, and the, and the uh, Mental Health First Aid program, which really um, helps educate people, people about the warning signs, how to deal with situations if you're coming upon somebody who... Um, um, is depressed or is having suicidal thoughts or what the circumstance may be, how they can get help for individuals. And I just find it really interesting that these courses are available and that people don't know about them. Mm-hmm. So for me, I talk about them a lot because I think it's one of those necessities. Um, and I think that in the school system, too, I think we need to have a little bit more education about opportunities for education around mental health. I agree. And and Matt and I and some others. So the, the book Brainstorm Revolution grew into a not-for-profit organization. Lovely. And uh, the sole purpose of the not-for-profit is to provide speaking opportunities 
space for people with lived experience in mental health. Nice. So Matt and I have been involved in some speaking experiences in high schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, you enjoyed it, didn't you? Yeah, it was great. I mean, uh, to to go there and and have um, I guess inquisitive young minds be engaged in in a topic like this uh, is is a pretty cool thing to see. Um, you know, I, I got to go and share a bit of my story, and then I, I spoke with uh, a young person there that explained to me a bit of their a bit of their story, and it was mm-hmm. uh, it was a deeply moving experience for me. But uh, stuff like that is really rewarding. Uh, mm-hmm. Being able to kind of take something that you know that's kind of been bad and hard, and have it transform itself into something that's that's really good and rewarding is. Uh, I, it's it's a beautiful thing. I, I love I love public speaking, and uh, I would go back to a high school and speak in a heartbeat. So we're always looking for for places to go speak. So if anyone's listening mm-hmm. and uh, has a high school or a, a situation where you want guest speakers, we would love to be guests. Absolutely, I would, I would suggest getting in touch with Jack.org. They actually yep. go into high schools and do, they do conversations yes. about um, mental health in in high schools. Um, and yeah, there's many organizations across Peel region that go into high schools and talk about mental health and career paths around mental health as well. So I think this would be a great opportunity for you to share your story as well. Um, now I totally forgot my next question. Well, I'm just <laughs> going to go back to Jack.org. No, go ahead. Yeah. So um, one of the ladies on our board uh, does a lot of work with Jack.org as, as well and has traveled nice. across the province and, and can't say enough good things about that organization. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My question was actually about the, the foundation. You said that the, that the book came, became a foundation, has become a nonprofit? Um, kind of out of the book because when we had our first book signing, all these people came together and it was like we were an instant family. Mm-hmm. It, everybody got it. Everybody had read everyone's story already. People came from Ottawa, Toronto, Mississauga, and it was in Barrie. And it was just such a great experience that uh, a few of us realized that we wanted to start a not-for-profit where people who are in the book or maybe even not in the book could have a chance to share. In fact, we're having um, something going on on February 14. It's unfortunately not in Peel, but up in Barrie, we have a, a Valentine's Day kind of get together at oh, the nice. Holiday Inn and, and it's called Love and Laughter, but it's going to be a night of comedy and Matt is going to be speaking okay. or sharing his story via multimedia. So um, yeah, if anybody wants to come on up, uh, we have special hotel rates up in in the Holiday Inn and Barry for that night, and it, we're raising money not only for our not-for-profit, but for the addictions and mental health department of our local hospital. Oh, nice! So we have uh, Neil Crone, the Yes Men. So they're all uh, Second City main stage veterans, mm-hmm. and they do an improv show. So it's going to be a lot of fun. So, Very yeah. nice. And being that fundraising is my thing now. Yes, <laughs> um, that, that was my segue. <laughs> So is that one of your main fundraisers or do you have other fundraisers that people can participate in if they want to support? So, so far, we've just done a Valentine event. This is our second one. And Matt spoke at the previous one. That was a theater event. Um, But we also get invited to speak for CMHA conferences or social work conferences. We get invited to speak. So that is the main focus is to speak. But we do fundraising because we need money to function. Mm -hmm. And. And um, we wanted to team with the hospital because we feel that's a really worthy 
recipient. Sure, for yeah. sure. So um, you have this book signing that's going to be happening at Chapters on January the 25th, and that's from 11 till 4 um, at the Vega Boulevard um, Chapters location at Winston Churchill and Dundas in Mississauga. Is there anything else going on that you have um, regarding the book in the community, maybe? Oh, in the community? Yep. Um, for that day, no, we're going to be focused all the way from 11 till 4. So, But we have a lot of different people coming in and out at different times okay. because there's a lot of authors in the one book. So mm-hmm. um, uh, one lady, her name is Enza. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing her last name correctly, but I think it's Kekia. Mm-hmm. And she was one of the founders of a foundation called Hats On for okay. Awareness. Um, and she's a Mississauga resident. So Very she nice. will be showing up. So um, we love to speak to people. I think that's the funnest part. Even if you're not interested maybe in buying a bunch of books, mm-hmm. come on and talk to Matt. Just and, come and chat. Yeah. yeah. And you know what Matt does? He makes these really cool roses out of paper napkins. Very nice. So this might be a good segue about The Rock. Yes. So I did see in doing some of the research uh, for today that uh, there was something to do with a rock. Do you want to explain The Rock? Uh, yeah, I, I can do my best to explain some of it. Um, <laughs> so even at the age I am now, uh, which let's call it, you know, late 30s, shall we? <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, I won't tell you how old I am either. <laughs> I, uh, I have a rapturous Babies. adoration for Superman. Uh, it's best superhero of all time. Very nice. Yeah, there's just no change in my mind on that. But uh, <laughs> uh, it's a pretty pervasive theme throughout my book as well. Okay. Um, and uh, so when Heather, uh, she went back home to Newfoundland to visit some family. And this is prior to the book launching. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was fairly close to the time that the book was going to come out. And uh, Heather sent me a picture, um, and she could kind of fill in the rest of the serendipity of, of how that all came to be. But, like, some flights were delayed. Uh, she – all the things that typically happen when she goes out to visit, mm-hmm. they all failed. Yeah, oh, wow. they all failed. Yeah. So I was at a certain – Certain place at a certain time, and they have this thing in Newfoundland where they paint rocks and hide them. Okay. And you're allowed to take it. And wow. you take a picture and you put it on the Facebook page. Mm-hmm. And there's like 35,000 people that follow these Newfoundland wow. rocks. I'm going to have to go get a Newfoundland you rock You are. <laughs> so I was walking. I wasn't supposed to be there that day. I wasn't supposed to be at that hotel. But where I was walking, I saw this great big rock with the Superman logo on it. Wow. And I'm like... That's a sign. That's a sign. So I flew back with this rock. I didn't know at that time I was allowed to take it. I thought I was stealing it. I'm like, I'm going to have to come back to Deer Lake to return this sometime. But I found out later I was allowed to. Then I didn't get my shuttle home, and I got on a different shuttle, and they had to pick up someone in the next terminal who was going to base Borden to set up a course. Okay. So he gets on. And he has a Superman hat on. And I'm like, oh. So I had to talk to him, of course. Of course. Of course. And then I found out he served in Afghanistan. So Matt was a pallbearer for the first fallen medic since the Korean War in Afghanistan. And this gentleman who I spoke to who had the Superman hat on Mm -hmm. had served in Afghanistan with that guy. Wow. Those chills are back. And then you can take it from there how we found out who painted it. Yeah. So uh, Heather briefly touched about the Facebook aspect Mm -hmm. of things. So uh, we joined the Newfoundland Facebook rock art group. And uh, Heather and I kind of talked a little bit and we're like, how cool would it be if if the person that painted this was in this group? Mm -hmm. So we posted a picture of the rock and I wrote a brief 
story about why Superman is so important to me and talked about the book coming out. And that group, uh, I can't say enough complimentary things about them, but they all band together. They started going into full Serpico, finding out <laughs> you know who painted this rock. And I, I received this one private message from uh, a girl that she's like, I think this this girl painted it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it turned out that this girl the that she put me in touch with didn't paint it, but that girl was a paramedic. Wow! And so we connected, and then all of a sudden. Uh, another person messaged us and, and said, Hey, we think, I think I found the girl. Mm-hmm. And they did. And her wow. name is Tara. And, uh, and so we connected, uh, via social media and it was. Yeah, it was pretty cool because she had hid the rock literally two hours before I found it. Oh my God. With her kids. So <laughs> yeah. it's one of those stories like, what are the chances? Pretty you low. Know, those, I love those stories. Serendipity. Those are those stories that just make you know that, the, that you're going in the right direction. And the things do work out eventually. And what you're going through at the time may not feel that way, but eventually something will change. Nothing is permanent. And that that's something that I've taken away for the last, like, week or so. And nothing is permanent. You're not, never in anything for a permanent period of time. It's always temporary and everything is continuously moving. So that's an awesome story. I really like like that and joy. That serendipityness. That just gives me chills. And it, it's a great story to write down. So I hope that you've written that down somewhere so that we can read that as well. Um, so we're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, I'm going to give you my last question. And we'll review a little bit more of the information about the book signing and where people can get the book. So you're listening to Peel Matters on News Talk Saga AM 960. We'll be right back. No radio? No problem. Stream us live on Saga960AM.ca. Welcome back. You're listening to Peel Matters on News Talk Saga AM 960. I'm your guest host today, Jaya Mutu, and we are talking with Heather Down from Weather Tickle Press. Winter Tickle. Yes, Almost that's got it. it. Almost. <laughs> and Matthew Hennigan. That's right. Yes. A medic's mind. I got it right. Yeah. Yay. Yes. <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> You'd figure I'm on the radio. I'd know how to say people's names, but it's not the case. No, you're doing fine. Um, so we were talking about the books that you've written, the community that's been created with these books, um, the serendipityness of this book. And I was saying on break that, you know, when things like that happen, that this, this is meant to be. And the things mm-hmm. that you've been through and the writing of this book, Matthew, has really um, been for a reason. And the amount of people that you're going to help and impact with this book. I'm pretty sure there's tons of people that you've already helped with this book already. And um, I just want to thank you for putting your thoughts and your feelings and your experiences on paper. Thank you. And I'm not going to cry, so you don't cry. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm awful for crying. I'm great. I can cry at the drop of a dime. Um, yeah, so thank you for putting that onto paper because I think that would definitely make a huge difference in people's lives. And, um, you know, just that impact that that's going to have for other people that are looking for that um, that experience, that knowledge, um, and that therapeuticness, whether it be writing the book themselves or just based on your experiences themselves. Um, so how can people get a hold of this book? 
Uh, yeah, so this book is available like pretty much anywhere books are sold. I mean, you can get it on Amazon, uh, you know, .com, .ca in the UK as well. Nice. Uh, you can go to Indigo. It's available there as well. Basically, on any online platform, we have mm-hmm. Kindle format as well and Kobo. Um, we we are working on audiobook as well, mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah, it's 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 basically. And I hope you're going to voice that yourself because you have a great radio. <laughs> <laughs> that is a message I get a lot from people. Like they'll contact me and say, "I listen because Matt has a podcast of the same name, and like he's going to read it himself, right?" Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't have a radio voice, but I'm on the radio, so you need to, <laughs> you have a radio voice. Well, you need you. to do your own <laughs> voiceover for that. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then I guess people can get the book when they come for the autograph signing that you're going to be having Absolutely, um, yeah. on the 25th of January. Yes, that would be awesome. Awesome. And that's from 11 to 4 at Chapters Vega Boulevard location? Yeah. Okay. And if people want to get a hold of you, what's the best way that they can get a hold of you? Um, so, yeah, you can go to my Instagram, which is at Mind, okay. uh, Or you can go to my website, uh, com. Um, and just while I have some airtime, I just want to give a shout out to my sister, Lisa. Very nice. Okay. And how can people get a hold of you, Heather? Um, Facebook, Winter Tickle Press. Um, I think on Twitter, I can't have as many letters, so it's just at Winter Tickle. <laughs> and then Instagram is Winter Tickle Press. And the website is winterticklepress.com. Okay. Winter Tickle. Yes. Winter I'm... like the season and tickle like Tickle Me Elmo. Very nice. Okay. <laughs> okay. So at the end of each show that I host, I ask a question. And I ask this question because I believe in um, the energy that you put out as the energy that you get back. Um, And so I give this opportunity for my guests to um, appreciate somebody that maybe they don't get that opportunity to appreciate on an ongoing basis and give a shout out to, because I know as soon as people get on the radio, they're like, oh, I'd love to say thank you to this person. So this is your chance. And I know you've done a little shout out already. But if there's anybody else, like, who are you appreciative of? For me, when I was going through school, there was individuals that I was appreciative of and that did so much for me, but I really couldn't have the words or the opportunity to say thank you. Um, so I used my radio time to do that. Oh, nice. Um, so when I have this chance, I always give this to my guests to be able to do that, do that as well. So is there somebody that you're appreciative of that you'd like to give a shout out to tonight or that you just want to say thank you, whether they're listening to, or not, we can always send them the link to the podcast so they can hear your thank you as well. Um, but yeah, go ahead. Who wants to start? Uh, I think I'm going to have to stick with the same. Um, Lisa is my older sister and mm-hmm. uh, she was a good older sister. So I think, uh, I think it's uh, a good person to to give a huge uh, shout out of gratitude towards um, Lover to Bits. So thank you, Lisa. Thank you, Lisa, <laughs> for everything that you've done and for the, all the support. Yeah. Heather. Um, well, I think I would begin with John, who's uh, in studio, sitting <laughs> quietly, my my other half. Um, he's always supportive and very helpful. And my kids. I have three great kids and I have uh, five great grandkids. And my wow. parents are amazing, too. So I have to shout out, I guess, to my entire family. Very nice. Very mm-hmm. nice. That's great to hear. So thank you both for being on the show today. And once again, if people want to get a hold of you, it's um, a medic's mind on Instagram. And there's a website as well. Um, and they can come to the book signing on uh, January the 25th at Chapters on Vega. Thank you both for being here today. You've been listening to Peel Matters on News Talk Saga AM 960. Take care and talk to you next time.
Got no radio? No problem. Stream us live on Saga960AM.ca. Traces of light, the souls of being. 